We are so, so happy and honored to have the Tolstad family with us today. And um, we told him many years ago that this was his home away from home. And uh, that's the way we want them to feel. We love this family and appreciate them very much. He is laboring to build a church in the city of Salem, Indiana. And hopefully they're not having any witch hunts in Salem there. Uh, oh, that was a different state, wasn't it? That was a different state. Anyhow, same, same city. It was Salem, but a uh, different state. Anyhow, praise God. We do love the Tolstads. And he has blessed us time and again with his ministry here. And um, I want him to come. I want him to take his liberty this morning. I want him to preach what he feels on his heart. Amen. I'm ready to hear from the Lord. How about you? Praise God. Brother Tolstad, we love you. Come take your liberty this morning. Praise the Lord, everybody. Amen. It's good to be in the house of the Lord on this Father's Day. Amen. Give honor to all of the fathers that are in this place. Give honor to my own father, though he has now been gone almost 22 years. Amen. But I'm thankful for the 20 years that I had with him. Amen. And I give honor to him today. I was halfway here. I'm weird and sentimental. And every year on Father's Day, I preach from his Bible. But I was halfway here when I remembered I had forgotten it. So we're going to have to forego my little tradition this year. Amen. But it is good to be in the house of the Lord today. We always love coming to this church. Amen. We love and appreciate Brother Sister Reagan very much in this church. Amen. Thankful for all you have done for us down through the years. Amen. I will tell a lot of people, and I've probably told him this, and I've told you this before, but amen, I feel like Brother Riggin was instrumental in saving me. And you say that's crazy, but I left a horrible situation with nowhere to go, and he offered for us to come here, and we spent, I believe, close to a year here. And I told, I told everybody I was going to go sit and do nothing. And uh, I was here, we landed on a Thursday night. And he informed me on Thursday night that I was not going to sit here and do nothing. And I was preaching Sunday. Hallelujah. So, amen. Didn't give me a chance to sit and feel sorry for myself. Amen. But, but right back in the saddle. And I appreciate that, Elder. I do. Amen. I do think that it helped me tremendously. Amen. To get my focus back on what was important. Amen. But it's good to be here today. I wish I could say I was going to preach a Father's Day message, but I'm not today. Amen. This has been on my mind uh, for several days now, and I've, I'm doing what I was told never to do, and that's preaching something I've never preached before. Amen. But this is home away from home, so we can do that at home. Amen. If you turn with me in your Bibles today, the book of 2 Timothy chapter number 1. Amen. And uh, start at verse number 1. Praise God. And Brother Josh is going to want to kill me by the time this is over. I stopped at six pages. I still was typing like crazy. So, not saying we'll get through it all today. Amen. But, uh, hallelujah. And this clock is dead, so y'all are in trouble. Amen. <laughs> I've been here for a few Sunday mornings. So, hallelujah. We'll just leave it there. Amen. Praise God. Second Timothy chapter 1 and verse number 1 
says, Paul, an apostle of Jesus Christ by the will of God, according to the promise of life which is in Christ Jesus. To Timothy, my dearly beloved son, grace, mercy, and peace from God the Father in Christ Jesus our Lord. I thank God whom I serve from my forefathers with pure conscience, that without ceasing I have remembrance of thee in my prayers night and day, greatly desiring to see thee, being mindful of thy tears, that I may be filled with joy when I call to remembrance the unfeigned faith that is in thee, which dwelt first in thy grandmother Lois and thy mother Eunice, and I am persuaded that in thee also. Wherefore, I put thee in remembrance that thou stir up the gift of God, which is in thee by the putting on of my hands. For God hath not given us the spirit of fear, but of power and of love and of a sound mind. Praise God. For a few moments this morning, amen, I want to endeavor to preach faith or fear. Faith or fear. Amen. Can you lift your hands, ask God just to have his way in the remainder of this service. Lord, we love you, Jesus. Thank you, God, for your presence that we feel, God. We ask, Lord, that you would have your way in this house, God. Lord, we need your touch. We need your help today, God. Lord, move in this house, Lord, the fulfilling of your will, God. Lord, I need your touch, need your help today, God. In the name of Jesus, in the name of Jesus. Hallelujah, 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 hallelujah. Amen. Clap your hands, all ye people. Shout unto God with a voice of triumph. Hallelujah, 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 hallelujah. Lord, you're wonderful, Jesus. You're wonderful, Jesus. Hallelujah, hallelujah. Praise God, and you may be seated this morning. Amen, amen. I'm not used to preaching on the mornings anymore. We have an afternoon service in our little home missions work. So, amen. We'll try to do our best this morning. Amen. Be mindful of the time. But uh, I do feel this on my heart very strongly today. Amen. We live in a world that is full of uncertainty. We live in a world that is full of fear. Amen. And, uh, and, I, and I don't want to play off that because I know that what we're going through is real. Amen. That there is a real virus and that there is real problems associated with it. Amen. But we also have seen that fear is crippling. Amen. And, and, and we, I don't want to make a mockery of fear, but amen, there's, there's this old stigma in life if you walk into a cemetery. Amen. That this is kind of interesting. And sometimes if you go in there at night, it's spooky. Amen. Really, there's nothing different about that than anywhere else, but in our minds, because we've read too many stories and there's too many legends that we have fear that can get a hold of you when you hear funny noises when you're out in the dark. Amen. You drive through certain parts of town that uh, you realize that you shouldn't be in. There can be fear striking your heart. I was preaching revival in Illinois and uh, near the St. Louis area. And the pastor gave me passes to the, the, the uh, science center. And so I, I GPS to it and it took me right through the city streets of East St. Louis. And I got halfway into that and I realized that I was not where I needed to be. And I was getting nervous and I was a little fearful and I was trying to pretend like I wasn't because my kids were in the truck and uh, I was thinking, man, why didn't you bring your pistol? And I'm looking the boarded up windows and I told my wife I said if someone hits me I'm not slowing down I'm running over them I'm telling you we're not stopping in this part of town amen because fear can get a hold of you 
Amen. And, uh, and, and I, 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 uh, how do I say this nicely? I, I have a little mischievous streak to me sometimes. And, uh, and, and every once in a while, I, I think it's kind of fun to, to startle people and scare them just a little bit. You know, just make sure they're awake and, uh, that their blood's still pumping, the heart's still working good. And, um, a couple years ago, I was working in a church in Mitchell. They bought a big grocery store, converted it to a church, and, and what's now the sanctuary was still a construction zone. And I was talking to a guy on the phone, sitting on a stack of drywall, and I watched another guy that likes to scare people come walking in. And I'm like, and I watched him unlock the front door that I was already unlocked, and uh, he come walking through, looking at the ceiling. I don't know what he was looking at, and I'm just sitting there talking on the phone, and he doesn't see me, he didn't hear me, and he comes walking. When he was within five feet of me, I'm like, this is too perfect. And so I screamed as loud as I could, and the guy just about melted into the floor. I mean, he was, he was jerking and screaming, and he's yelling, and he was trying to figure out if he wanted to run or fight. Amen. Because when fear gets a hold of you, it's fight or flight. It's run or fight. Nothing else matters. It's just, it's either get out of there. But some folks, I'm going to say, when they really get scared, they get paralyzed by fear. Amen. They can't move. They can't run. They can't yell. They just shake. Amen. Because the fear has taken a hold. Well, praise God. Amen. They get so scared and fearful. They can't think straight. They forget their teaching. They forget how tough they've bragged about being or how tough they think they are. Amen. They forget all these things. They huddle up in the fetal position and shake on the floor. Amen. Just hoping the moment ends. Amen. But why foul? Amen. But, uh, amen, in our life, in our spiritual walk with God, uh, amen, we can be overtaken by fear. Amen. There's those times when we start a new job or a new career. And the, the first day on the job, uh, amen, while we're excited but down inside, uh, there's also a little bit of that thing called fear. Amen. Because we're stepping into an unknown situation. Amen. But, uh, amen, you don't know what it's going to bring. You don't know what's going to happen. You're doing your best, uh, amen, to try to impress the boss because you don't want to lose what you just got. Uh, amen. And there's fear that can take a hold of us. Uh, amen. There's different circumstances of life uh, that can bring situations into our life uh, that cause fear. Amen, because, uh, amen, there's conflict that could come along. Amen, and all of a sudden you're not living life like you used to live life. Amen, you're not comfortable going to the store you used to go to because you're worried you're going to run into somebody. Amen, you don't know how to handle the situation because fear can take a hold. Amen, and uh, amen, it comes upon us and we don't know how to handle it because fear is a crippler and fear is paralyzing and fear can consume and fear can take over amen every part of our life amen we're in the middle of this COVID-19 thing and I know some folks that fear has taken a hold of their life they're scared to go out they're scared to intermingle they're scared to do anything because fear has taken a grip and I know that there's some folks that cannot go out I'm not talking about that but there's some folks that are so fearful I've been painting for apartment complex Hey man, the first week of COVID, their entire maintenance staff went self-quarantined because they were scared. Fear gripped them. 
And they refused to come to work. Their entire maintenance staff, they had to go hire temporary workers. 590 compartments need a maintenance staff. Because when a toilet plugs up, it don't matter if it's COVID-19 or not. Someone's got to be there to fix it. Amen. But they were so crippled with fear. Hey, man, this one guy, I talked to him. He, for about an hour, the last day I was there, when he, before I never seen him again. Hey, man, talking about how scared he was. Because fear takes a hold. There's different attacks that come along. Attacks of the enemy of our soul. Amen. Nothing in life, nothing in the Word of God ever promised us that life would be smooth sailing all the time. Amen. You say, I've lived for God. I've been faithful to God. I pray. I read my Bible. I attend church every time the doors are open. I'm there praying early, and I'm one of the last ones to leave. But I'm going to tell you, that's not a guarantee that there's not going to be a trial that comes up. That's not a guarantee that there won't be an attack like you've never faced before. Amen. You say, oh, I've been through some bad stuff. Yeah, I've been through some bad stuff, too, that I didn't think would get any worse. But the enemy came up again, and it was a worse attack than before. Amen. You want to crawl in a corner and die. I'm going to tell you it's faith or fear. You either walk by faith or you live in fear. I'm telling you the only thing that conquers fear is to walk in faith and live by faith and have trust and confidence in our God. I can't guarantee that I'm not getting COVID-19. I can't guarantee that. But I refuse to live in fear. I refuse to live in fear. Because God still has his hand in my life. And God's still working. And God's still moving. It's faith or fear. Hallelujah. We read in our text here. Paul's epistle to his son in the gospel, Timothy. Amen. And he reminds him. He says, I thank God. Amen. Who I serve with my, for my forefathers with pure conscience. <coughs> that without ceasing, I have remembrance of thee in my prayers night and day. He wanted to see him. Been reminded of his tears. <laughs> he wanted to be filled with joy. And he goes, I call to remembrance the unfeigned faith, the real faith. Amen. Not artificial. Not just words. But real faith, the unfeigned faith that is in thee, which dwell first in thy grandmother Lois and thy mother Eunice. Amen. His grandmother and his mother somehow passed that faith down from generation to generation. We don't have mention of a father or a grandfather. Hallelujah. But somehow through that lineage, amen, he said, I am persuaded that it is in thee also. He goes, I... Put thee in remembrance that thou stir up the gift of God which is in thee by the putting on of my hands. Amen. God hath not given us the spirit of fear. Hallelujah. I don't know where Timothy was in his life. I don't know what he was facing in life. But number one, Paul reminded him of the faith. Amen. That he had in his life. He reminded him of the faith in his mother and his grandmother. And then he went on to say, hey, God did not give us a spirit of fear. Fear is not of God. Fear is not of God. God did not give us a spirit of fear. But of power and of love and of a sound mind. 
I'll tell you when fear gets in your mind, your thinking goes wrong. Your thinking changes. You're not the same. Amen. You can't think the same. You can't operate the same because fear is paralyzing. But God didn't give us a spirit of fear, but a power and of love and of a sound mind. I'm going to tell you, when you're in that place of fear, hey, man, every plan you've had in life disappears. The future disappears, and you live in the moment. You say, I have these great plans, and I have this, and I know God's going to do this, and God's promised this, and God's promised that. But when fear comes along, amen, all of a sudden, all those things disappear. Amen, and fear takes hold. But he didn't give us a spirit of fear. Hallelujah. There's a few stories in Scripture. Amen. That I would like to get to. I'm not probably going to get to them all. Amen. But one that is very familiar to all of us, no doubt. Amen. Israel is at war with the Philistines. They are set up. They are arrayed for battle on opposite hills. In 1 Samuel chapter 17 and verse 4. It says, There went out a champion out of the camp of the Philistines named Goliath of Gath. Whose height was six cubits in a span. And he had a helmet of brass upon his head. He was armed with a coat of mail, and the weight of the coat was 5,000 shekels of brass. And he had greaves of brass upon his legs and a target of brass between his shoulders. The staff of his spear was like a weaver's beam, and his spear's head weighed 600 shekels of iron. And one bearing a shield went before him. And he stood and cried unto the armies of Israel and said unto them, Why are you come out to set your battle in array? Am not I a Philistine, and ye servants to Saul? Choose you a man for you, and let him come down to me, if he be able to fight with me and to kill me. Then will we be your servants, but if I prevail against him and kill him, then shall ye be our servants and serve us. And the Philistines said, I defy the armies of Israel this day. Give me a man that we may fight together. When Saul and all Israel heard those words of the Philistine, they were dismayed. And greatly afraid. Greatly afraid. Fear took hold. This old giant, now I'm telling you, just picturing that and the weight of his armor, the man was a beast. I mean, he was. I understand a little trepidation, I understand a little fear, I understand a little dismay. But the reaction of Saul and of Israel blows my mind. Because they go and they're hiding. And they are paralyzed with fear. And every time he comes out, they flee with fear. Because fear has taken hold. Until a young man shows up named David. And he comes, his father sends him there to take some bread and cheese to his brothers, to them in the battle. And he gets there and that giant shows up and he watches them run with fear. And this young man's like, what? What's the deal here? What's going on here? And, 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 they, and he said, well, what's going to happen to the man that kills this guy? And 
they tell him all the reward. And his brother Eliab comes to him and he says, man, I know the naughtiness of your heart. You're just down here showing off. You're just down here. He goes, where's those few sheep that you take care of in the wilderness? Demeaning him, putting him down. And David asks a question. Is there, well, he first says, what have I now done? And then he said, is there not a cause? Are we going to sit here and let this uncircumcised Philistine defy the armies of the living God? Because he's not just defying us, but he is defying our God. Well, hallelujah. And David said to Saul in verse 32, let no man's heart fail because of him. Don't let anybody be afraid because of him. Thy servant will go and fight with this Philistine. And Saul said to David, Thou art not able to go up against this Philistine to fight with him, for thou art but a youth, and he a man of war from his youth. You're not capable, David. You know, the smart aleck in me wants to say, Well, why aren't you out there then, Saul? You got a young man willing to fight. And the man that should have been fighting is hiding in his tent. And David said unto Saul, thy servant kept his father's sheep. And there came a lion and a bear and took a lamb out of the flock. And I went out after him and smote him and delivered it out of his mouth. And when he arose against me, I caught him by his beard and smote him and slew him. Thy servant slew both the lion and the bear, and this uncircumcised Philistine shall be as one of them, seeing he hath defied the armies of the living God. David said, Moreover, the Lord hath that delivered me out of the paw of the lion and out of the paw of the bear. He will deliver me out of the hand of the Philistine. And Saul said unto David, Go, and the Lord be with thee. <laughs> you know, I love this part of the story. I really do. David goes and he picks his five smooth stones. And when he goes up there, that giant looks down at him. He said, Man, what am I, a dog? He was mad. Because he didn't think David was a worthy adversary. And that big old nasty giant, he said, man, I'm going to take you. I'm going to feed you to the birds. And David said, no, you come to me with a sword and a spear, but I come in the name of the Lord. And here's what David did. Hey, man, because fear is paralyzing. But the Bible said that David ran toward that giant. He ran right to him with that sling. And when he loosed that stone, I believe God helped guide that stone. And he guided it to that one place. Amen. That stone sunk into the giant's forehead. And down he went. Amen. But then it wasn't over there yet. Because David said, hey, he's down. But I'm going to make sure that he never gets back up again. I'm going to make sure that this source of fear never comes against Israel again. And he goes against Goliath's sword and he chops his head off and he picks that head up and shakes it. And all of a sudden, that's gross, yeah? I'm going to tell you something. It was a rallying cry because Israel came out of the foxholes and Israel came out from behind the bush because fear was gone. Fear was gone. And they won a tremendous victory. Because faith always overcomes fear. David was saying it's not about my ability. 
But the Lord helped me against the lion. And the Lord helped me against the bear. And I know the Lord's going to help me against this giant. He's going to be just like the lion. And he's going to be just like the bear. Because faith overcomes fear. Faith overcomes fear. You might be staring a giant in the face right now, but I'm telling you, you can quake in fear, but the giant's never going to leave until faith, until faith is birthed inside of you, until that seed of faith begins to break out. If you want victory, it's time to exercise that measure of faith that's been given to every man. And let faith overcome fear. Let faith overcome fear. Let faith overcome fear. Hallelujah. Amen. Israel went on and won a great victory that day. And all it took was one man that said, I will not be ruled by fear. Is there not a cause worth fighting for? Is there not a cause worth fighting for? We had our first service, I it was March 15th in Salem, Indiana. Amen. The next Friday, our governor issued a stay-at-home order that started the following Tuesday. And because of it on Sunday, we didn't have anybody show up for church except my family. Amen. One service. One service. Amen. We can't, still can't door knock. Still can't pass out flyers. And I'm going to tell you something. It is beyond frustrating. But I refuse to live in fear. I refuse to live in fear. Because none of the circumstances that we're living under, amen, and in our town of 6,600 people, we've been having organized protests, and uh, amen, the city is in the edge, and uh, it's crazy in this little town in southern Indiana, they're all worked up, uh, amen, folks getting mad at you if you walk down the wrong way at Walmart because you're not paying attention to the arrows. Now, I'm going to tell you something, folks. I've shopped at Walmart for a long time. And I don't even consider looking at the floor to see which direction I'm supposed to be walking. Hey, man, and my wife went one step up the aisle. And this woman goes, ah, some people don't know how to read. It's like, calm down. I'll turn around and walk backwards so it looks like I'm walking the right way. Because fear. But I believe in the face of fear. I believe in the face of fear that God has a revival. I believe in the face of fear that God has a plan. Amen. God is in control. God didn't take it, take it by surprise. This was no surprise to him. God knew what was going to take place. And his arm is not short. His promise is not slack. But somehow, I can't operate in fear. I have to walk by faith. David wrote in Psalm 27, The Lord is my light and my salvation. Whom shall I fear? 
The Lord is the strength of my life. Of whom shall I be afraid? When the wicked, even mine enemies and my foes came upon me to eat up my flesh, they stumbled and fell. Though an host should encamp against me, my heart shall not fear. The war should rise against me. In this will I be confident. How? Because I'm not going to walk in fear. But I'm going to walk by faith. How? One thing have I desired of the Lord. That will I seek after. That I may dwell in the house of the Lord all the days of my life. To behold the beauty of the Lord. And to inquire in his temple. For in the time of trouble, he shall hide me in his pavilion. In the secret of his tabernacle shall he hide me. He shall set me up upon a rock. He'll set me on a rock, on a sure foundation, on a foundation that cannot be shaken. And now shall mine head be lifted up above mine enemies round about me. Therefore, will I offer in his tabernacle sacrifices of joy. I will sing. Yea, I will sing praises unto the Lord. Hear, O Lord, when I cry with my voice. Have mercy also upon me and answer me. When thou saidest, seek ye my face. My heart said unto thee, thy face, Lord, will I seek Therein lies the secret. He's saying, seek my face. When fear grips my heart, it's not the time to tremble. It's not the time to fear, but to seek his face. And he'll take us and put us on that solid rock. On that solid rock. On that firm foundation. A foundation built on faith and not on fear. He wrote in Psalm 56 and 3, this psalm was written when the Philistines took David and Gath. He said in verse 3, what time I am afraid, I will trust in thee. In God, I will praise his word. In God, I have put my trust. I will not fear what flesh can do unto me. Verse 9 says, when I cry unto thee, then shall mine enemies turn back. This I know for God. For God is for me. This I know. For God is for me. God is, God have mercy. God is for you. In God will I praise His Word. In the Lord will I praise His Word. In God have I put my trust. I will not be afraid what man can do unto me. Why? For God is for me. When I'm living right, 
My Lord, when I've repented, been buried in the name of Jesus Christ for the remission of my sins, and them sins are washed away and filled with the Holy Ghost evidence with speaking in an unknown tongue. Amen. When I continue steadfastly in the apostles' doctrine. Amen. Living for him. I'm telling you, God is for you. That's weak. God is for you. It don't matter what man does. It don't matter what the enemy does. God is for you. It's faith or fear. Faith or fear. There's a story if we go back a little earlier in Scripture in the book of Exodus, chapter number 14. Israel's just been delivered from Egypt. Man, he said, get your stuff, get your people, get out of here. Pharaoh's like, man, he's grieving. The firstborns all died. It's it's a horrible time for them. Amen. Because I'm going to tell you something. There's a song. Amen. We sing it every once in a while back in Indiana. It's kind of an interesting song, but it says, who has the final say? Jehovah has the final say. Pharaoh can say what he wants to say for a while. I'm going to tell you something. God has the final say. So in verse 10, hey man, God's hardened Pharaoh's heart again. He decides he wants his slaves back. And so he takes after him with his army. And verse 10 says, And when Pharaoh drew nigh, the children of Israel lifted up their eyes, and behold, the Egyptians marched after them, and they were sore afraid. And the children of Israel cried out unto the Lord. They were sore afraid. They said unto Moses, because there were no graves in Egypt, hast thou taken us away to die in the wilderness? Wherefore hast thou dealt thus with us to carry us forth out of Egypt? Is not this the word that we did tell thee in Egypt, saying, let us alone that we may serve the Egyptians? For it had been better for us to serve the Egyptians than that we should die in the wilderness. It's amazing what fear does. It's amazing what fear does. Because Moses was sent to Egypt because the Lord heard the cry of his people. It was a cry for deliverance. It was a cry for help. But all of a sudden they're so fearful that they looked at Moses and said, why didn't you just leave us alone? And Moses said unto the people, fear ye not stand still and see the salvation of the Lord which he will show you today for the Egyptians whom you have seen today you shall see them again no more forever the Lord shall fight for you and ye shall hold your peace they've just seen the plagues they've just seen God work with a mighty hand God's delivered them and all of a sudden fear takes a hold Moses said, "Uh uh-uh, stand still and see the salvation of the Lord. That enemy you're seeing right now that you're so scared of, that you're so filled with fear because of. That enemy that's coming and marching. uh, All those chariots that are coming. uh, Amen, you're going to see them no more forever. Amen, and that night the Lord caused the wind to blow and of course the Red Sea was parted. Amen, there was darkness on the camp of the Egyptians. And light on Israel. I love that part too. And they began to walk across on dry land. 
And when the Egyptians saw them, they said, hey, it worked for them. It'll work for us too. And they followed after them right down into the Red Sea. And the Lord said, uh-huh, uh-huh, who has the final say? Who has the final say? Who has the final say? All of a sudden, that mud that was all hard they were driving on began to get soft again. Amen. He took the wheels off their chariots. They began to bog down. And all of a sudden, fears changed. Amen. Fears no longer on Israel. But fear strikes the hearts of the Egyptians. And they began to try to turn around. But God said, uh-uh. I have the final say. And that water fell down. And he wiped out that army. He wiped out that enemy. Me. Amen. And Israel hit the other side. And Miriam got her tambourine. And they began to sing and dance. Amen. And praise. Amen. Because I'm telling you, faith always overcomes fear. Somebody in this place this morning, you need to stand still and see the salvation of the Lord. You need to stand still and stand in faith. Say, I don't know how it's going to work, but I refuse to give in to fear. Stand still and see the salvation of the Lord. Hallelujah. Oh, preacher, but you don't understand. You understand what I'm up against. You understand how fearful it is. Okay. Let me tell you about a time in the book of 2 Kings chapter number 6. Elisha, amen, he's warned King Jehoram, the king of Syria, is out to get him. And so he's warned him, not the Bible says not once or twice. Amen. And so the king of Syria gets mad. And so instead of looking for the king, he's like, where's this man that keeps telling him about my traps? And uh, so all of a sudden, in 2 Kings 6 and 13, he said, go and spy where he is, that I may send and fetch him. And it was told him, saying, behold, he is in Dothan. Therefore sent he thither horses and chariots and a great host. And they came by night and compassed the city about And when the servant of the man of God was risen early and gone forth, behold, and host compassed the city, both with horses and chariots. And his servant said unto him, Alas, my master, how shall we do? What do we do now? They're everywhere. There's no way out. There's no way of escape. We are surrounded. And Elisha said, he answered, fear not, fear not, fear not, for they that be with us are more than they that be with them. And I can see that guy look around, one, two, and they may have had some others around, but then he looks at that great host, and he's like, I think you've lost your mind. Don't fear. They that be with us are greater. Uh, uh. And Elisha prayed. Said, Lord, I pray thee, open his eyes. 
that he may see. And the Lord opened the eyes of the young man, and he saw, and behold, the mountain was full of horses and chariots of fire round about Elisha. How can you not be afraid? He said, don't fear. I'm telling you, the ones that are for us are greater than them that are against us. And when his eyes were opened, because I'm going to tell you, when fear gets a hold, it shuts down your vision. When fear gets a hold, This is going to sound like a crazy illustration, but it just came to mind. So I've read a lot of books about military activity. Amen. And about folks that go to jump school. And they would make fun of guys for night jumping. Because they'd jump with their eyes closed. Because they didn't want to see it. Because they were scared. And they'd make fun of them. Obviously, they'd jump at night as well. But with their eyes closed when they'd jump. Because fear can make you shut off your vision. Of course, anybody that jumps out of a good airplane is crazy anyways. Or jumps off a bridge with a rubber band wrapped around their foot. They're crazy too. Amen. I have no problem admitting in this place I have a tremendous fear of heights. I ain't jumping out of an airplane. I ain't jumping out of a helicopter. I ain't jumping off a bridge. Ain't happening. This ain't happening. But if I had to, brother, I'd jump with my eyes closed. Because I wouldn't want to see it. Probably the only way you get me to jump is if you blindfolded me and I didn't know where I was jumping. <coughs> but fear will shut your vision. <clears throat> but could someone pray today? Lord, open my eyes. <sighs> then I can see beyond <sighs> that immediate enemy. God, open my eyes that I can see that plan that you have. God, open my eyes that I can get my focus off the attack that's daily wearing me down. God, open my eyes that I can see my salvation. God, open my eyes that I can see that they that are with me are greater than they that are against me. Open my eyes. Clear my vision. Clear my vision. It's so easy. It's so easy. Amen. Like Peter that day that he walked on the water. Amen. He's out there and he's doing the impossible. He's walking on water. Until he saw the wind boisterous. He saw the waves. He saw the water spraying off the waves. And he began to realize, I grew up on this water. And I can't do what I'm doing right now. When he got his eyes off Jesus. And got his eyes on the circumstances. All of a sudden he began to sink. And beginning to sink, he realized his error. And he said, help me, Lord, save me. Save me, Lord. Because you can sink when fear gets a hold of you. 
When we get our eyes on the circumstances and we get our eyes on the trouble and we get our eyes on the trial, fear can get a hold until we begin to shake. But I'm telling you this morning, all you got to do is cry out, Lord, save me. Lord, help me. Let me get my eyes off of the circumstances and get my eyes back on you. It's faith or fear. It's faith or fear. It's faith or fear. Paul wrote in 2 Corinthians chapter 7, verse 4, he said, Great is my boldness of speech toward you. Great is my glorying of you. I am filled with comfort. I am exceeding joyful in all our tribulation. For when we were come into Macedonia... Our flesh had no rest. But we were troubled on every side. Without were fightings. Within were fears. Nevertheless, God, that comforteth those that are cast down, comfort us by the coming of Titus, not by his coming only, but by the consolation wherewith he was comforted in you. We told us your earnest desire, your mourning, your fervent mind toward me so that I rejoiced the more. He said, when I hit Macedonia, our flesh had no rest. We were troubled on every side. Without were fightings. And within were fears. You say, well, what happened in Macedonia? Well, they had a convert. But it was Diana. Was it Diana? Is that my right on that? He converted. Anyways, he converted a lady. And they're going about preaching. And that woman girl with the spirit of divination came. So these are the men that are showing us the way, the most high God. And Paul turns around and casts that spirit out. Great, great miracle. But the people around her didn't think so. So you know what they did? They grabbed him, they beat him, they whipped him, tore him up, imprisoned him, locked him in the bonds in the inner prison. Without were fightings and within were fears. They were troubled on every side, physically and spiritually, in the fight of their lives. And Paul was honest enough to say there was fighting on the outside, and there was fear on the inside. But you know what they did? Their backs are tore up from getting whipped. They're bleeding. Wounds were undressed. They're locked in the bonds, they're the stocks, and they're in the inner prison. They're hurting, they're uncomfortable, they're in a filthy place, no doubt. Vermin running around. But the Bible said that they prayed and sang praises unto God. They couldn't clap their hands, they couldn't run the aisles, they couldn't leap for joy, they couldn't dance in the Spirit. But they said one thing you can't stop is our voice. 
Amen. They began to pray. They began to seek God. And it broke out. They began to sing praises unto the Lord. Amen. And they weren't even polite about it. They weren't whispering a prayer. Because the Bible said the prisoners heard them. Amen. They were having themselves a time. Amen. Trying to get a hold of God. There may have been fear on the inside. But they knew the antidote was to get a hold of God. Was to pray and sing praises unto God. And all of a sudden, the earth began to shake. And there was an earthquake came and it broke loose the stocks. It broke the chains. Amen. And set them free. Amen. Because faith always overcomes fear. Earlier in the same book, 2 Corinthians chapter 4, verse 7 says, For we have this treasure in earthen vessels, that the excellency of the power may be of God and not of us. We are troubled on every side, yet not distressed. We are perplexed, but not in despair. Persecuted, but not forsaken. Cast down, but not destroyed. Always a bearing about in the body the dying of the Lord Jesus, that the life also of Jesus might be made manifest in our body. For we which live are always delivered unto death for Jesus' sake, that the life also of Jesus might be made manifest in our mortal flesh. So then death worketh in us, but life in you. We having the same spirit of faith, According as it is written, I believed, and therefore have I spoken. We also believe, and therefore speak, knowing that he which raised up the Lord Jesus shall raise up us also by Jesus, and shall present us with you. For all things are for your sakes, that the abundant grace may through the thanksgiving of many redound to the glory of God. For which cause we faint not, but though our outward man perish, yet the inward man is renewed day by day. For which cause we faint not. For which cause we faint not. For which cause we don't get overcome with fear. Amen. For which cause we don't go hide somewhere and give up. Amen. For which cause we faint not. But though our outward man perish, that inward man is renewed day by day. For our light affliction which is but for a moment, worketh for us a far more exceeding and eternal weight of glory. While we look not at the things which are seen, but at the things which are not seen. For the things which are seen are temporal, but the things which are not seen are eternal. It's just a light affliction. It's just a light affliction. If we don't let that fear take hold, but somehow we can find it in ourselves to walk by faith now faith is the substance of things hoped for the evidence of things not seen Hebrews 11 and 1 for by it the elders obtained a good report through faith we understand that the worlds were framed by the word of God so that things which are seen were not made of things which do appear by faith Abel offered unto God a more excellent sacrifice than Cain by which he obtained witness that he was righteous, God testifying of his gifts. And by it he being dead yet speaketh. By faith Enoch was translated, that he should not see death and was not found, because God had translated him. For before, he had, before his translation, he had this testimony, that he pleased God. But without faith... It is impossible to please him. 
For he that cometh to God must believe that he is, and that he is a rewarder of them that diligently seek him. I don't know about you this morning, but I want to please the Lord. But without faith, it is impossible to please Him. I cannot please the Lord if I am overcome with fear. Well, that's quiet. But when I'm paralyzed by fear... If I could put it this way, because fear leads to doubt. Doubt leads to unbelief. Which is the opposite, in my opinion, of faith. Begin to doubt the ability of God to get me out of my trial. Begin to doubt that God really cares about me. That God understands the hurt. That God understands the path that I'm in right now. I know I've preached this here before. It is what it is. Back in 2000, and, uh, must have been 2010, I came out of a bad situation to sometimes be a recurring theme of life. Amen. We come out of a tough situation. And I had moved, tried to tempt a pastor a little church for a couple months and it exploded, blew up. Went home. I'm sitting there. I'm going to tell you something. Your mind can play some dirty tricks on you. You begin to doubt your relationship with God. You begin to doubt, man, did you even really call me God? Did you really put your hand in my life? Did you really lead me? Did you really guide me? And man, I'm having questions. And I know God's real. I know God called me. I know God's hand has been in my life. But I'm going to tell you something. There's an enemy that likes to rise up doubt and likes to rise up fear. And fear can begin to cripple. A man came by. Big old giant of a man. Stephen Thrasher. He preached this one night in Diggins. He started to preach. Just a few minutes into his message, he took a turn. Stepped out of his message preached the rest of the time on the sin of unbelief and it struck me so deep pricked my heart and led me to the altar where I began to weep and ask God to forgive me for doubting him God began to show himself real again I wish I could say it was the last time that that happened. 
But there was a day in Bellingham, Washington, going through a trial. And I'm praying before church. And I'm quoting, paraphrasing, if you would, a psalm and say, Lord, how long will you not hear me? How long are you going to ignore me? How long will my enemies triumph over me? How long are you going to leave me here? How long? You're not even hearing my voice. And service started. And the first song came out. The pastor of the church stopped. Because I don't know who I'm talking to right now, but the Lord just spoke to me and told me to tell somebody that I do hear you. And I do know where you're at. And I do know what I'm fixing to do. I'm not ashamed to admit that I broke down and began to weep. I said, God, thank you. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you for speaking to me again, though I didn't deserve it. Thank you for one more time. Amen. Letting faith overcome fear. Amen. Letting faith overcome fear. Because fear can rise up at this trial that I'm in. It's never going to end. At this trial that I'm facing, this storm that I'm in right now, it's never going to be over. But I'll be stuck right here. I'll be stuck in these circumstances. And the disciples were in the boat. Jesus said, let's go to the other side. And he went to sleep. When they were in the middle, that storm rose up. The waves and the wind and the storm blowing. And the boat was full. I'm going to tell you something. That's a very uncomfortable place to be in. Amen. With a guy that can't swim, the boat's not supposed to be full of water. It's supposed to be floating on water. And that boat was full of water. Man, they were scared. They were full of fear. They were afraid. And they went and they woke him up. Said, Master, don't you care that we perish? What he said, Oh, ye of little faith. Oh, ye. Of little faith. And he calmed the storm. And they marveled. They marveled at the winds and the way he obeyed him. And they're there on the calm sea. Folks, it's faith or fear. It is faith or fear. Faith or fear. last scripture I'll leave with you today Romans 1 and 16 we could most of us quote it for I am not ashamed of the gospel of Christ for it is the power of God unto salvation to everyone that believeth to the Jew first and also to the Greek we leave it right there that's where we stop but he went on and said for therein is the righteousness of God revealed from faith to faith as it is written the just shall live by faith. By faith. If you'd stand with me this morning. The just shall live by faith. I don't 
don't know who I'm preaching to today. I really don't. I felt this strong. Like I said, never preached it quite like this before. But I'm going to tell you something. I believe that fear, amen, I've seen it too much in the last few months. Amen, where fear has overtaken and fear has overwhelmed. But I came to encourage somebody today not to condemn. I came to encourage today and not to condemn. Amen. If you've got fear in your heart, it's a natural reaction. I'm going to tell you the antidote is in this place today. Amen. If you could somehow say, Lord, there's fear on the inside, but I'm going to trust you. The Lord is the light. The Lord is the strength of my life. Whom shall I fear? The just shall live by faith. I can't tell you this morning. I didn't come to prophesy to you that the storm's going to end in this altar today. I didn't come to tell you that the trial might just end in the next five minutes. It could, but I didn't come to prophesy that. I want to tell you something. Faith can overcome fear. Amen. You may still have to walk in the trial, but you can walk with your head up knowing that God is in control and you're not being ruled by fear. I don't know what tomorrow's going to bring. I don't know what tomorrow brings. I don't know what the future holds. But as the song says, I don't know about tomorrow. But I know who holds my hand. I know who holds my hand. In this place this morning, if you're one of the ones that's sinking on a stormy sea, won't you cry out today saying, Lord, save me. Again and set me on that rock. My heart is overwhelmed today. I'm overwhelmed by the storm. I'm overwhelmed by the fear. But when my heart is overwhelmed, lead me to the rock that is higher than I. Take me to that safe place. Take me to that safe place. That firm foundation. That the storm winds cannot shake. Lead me to the rock. Lead me to the rock. Can we lift up our hands today? I know it's Sunday morning, but if you feel the urge to pray, why don't you come to this altar and say, Lord, I've been in the storm. Lord, I've been in the trial. Lord, I've been in the heartache. Lord, I've experienced fear. But Lord, increase my faith. Help me, God. Help me, God. Amen. Because faith overcomes fear. Put your trust in God and believe that He is able and He will lift you up. Because faith overcomes fear. Faith overcomes fear. Come on, can we lift our hands right now and talk to the Lord for a moment? Can we talk to the Lord? God, we need a fresh touch. God, we need help. Strengthen us, Lord. Encourage us, Lord. Help us today. Help us today. Faith overcomes fear.